Welcome back to Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. With me today is Angelica Gonzalez. And here's a bit about Angelica. She's no stranger to the platform, has been here before. So she is also the host of A Little Bit of Everything With Me podcast. And she is dealing with PCOS. And she's going to talk about part two of her journey with PCOS. And we're going to get into the homeopathic and naturopathic remedies and how all of this has worked up into her favor. And she is now a mother of a beautiful baby boy. So welcome, Angelica. Hello, welcome. Thank you for this amazing uh, platform because, you know, I I just realized I said, welcome, like I'm welcoming you. (laughs) Gotta love this, right? But anyways, I want to say thank you so much for this because um, it's been a fantastic journey. It's been hard. It's been stressful. And I just want to be able to let other people know, like, especially women and families, like, you know, this is a journey. A lot of people don't realize what it takes to get there and the emotional, the emotional journey mainly of what we have to go through as women and trying to trying and trying new things and getting frustrated. And on top of that, we can't just stop working for those who need to work. We need to continue on with our lives and try to hopefully bring a baby into this world. Yes, and that's really why I'm so glad that you're opening up and sharing about your personal journey with PCOS because, you know, there are many women out here who are trying to conceive but just have not been able to conceive and there could be numerous issues but if you don't know what you don't know, you would never know to go to your doctor and ask about PCOS or ask about other infertility issues or other things that could be going on with your body that your primary care physician will not know to look into because they're not a specialist in that area. So when we have these conversations and we learn about different things, we're bringing awareness to the forefront. So I wanna know about how was it going the homeopathic route and doing the the natural way to conceive your son? Like what are some of the things that you had to endure? And before before you say that, I want you to talk about briefly, what led you to go into the homeopathic route? So what led me to it is because when I did a lot of research and spoke to a lot of women who did the IVF and there's different terms. And I, the only one that stuck to me was the IVF one. And they were prescribed different medications, different medications, such as like high blood pressure pills, cholesterol pills. They were prescribed uh, metamorphin, which is used for diabetes, for diabetics to help regulate sugar levels. And most of these women did not have any of those problems. So it really alarmed me and freaked me out to why they were prescribed these medications if you don't have these problems. And it didn't make sense to me. And they, the cost of everything, yes, everything costs money, even the naturopathic way. But the one thing I could say is when you're going through the medicated way, you're putting into your body all these, let's, I'm going to say it, they're drugs. Like it's a drug. Medication is a drug and you don't have these problems. Why are you given to them? Why are you injecting them? 
I, I noticed that people were prescribed like um, testosterone, depending on the levels of estrogen, estrogen, if depending on the levels of testosterone, they were just given too much because they're trying to test what's going to work for them. But it didn't make sense to me, the logic of prescribing all of these things that they didn't even have to begin with, and then giving them the rest of the stuff. Now, I I don't want to offend anybody, but to me, I felt like these doctors are getting paid for these medications, these prescriptions, they're getting paid for it. They're getting whatever bonus at the end of the year. I don't know what it is, but they're getting something for them to be prescribing these medications because I just didn't make sense to me why you're prescribing all of this stuff. Yes, there's more money in their pockets, but unfortunately for some people, some of the private insurance companies don't even cover these medications for them. So they're paying extra out of these people's pockets. And I, I just, I just don't understand the science and the logic of prescribing medications that don't, that you don't have the symptoms to. Exactly. I I agree because I've heard, well, my husband say uh, normal times or (laughs) not normal, more than normal is the real war on drugs is the pharmaceutical company because the the pharmaceutical company is pushing these types of medication onto the doctors. They have various samples that they're giving out to their patients. And then if something does not agree with that patient, then they're forced to take another medication to combat the side effects from the original medication. But if you were to really understand the root cause of what is going on with that individual, you will not be prescribing medication upon medication upon medication. Yes, there are certain medications that some people need, but then there's also a lot of natural things that people could use to heal their body on their own. And this is not to be like a tit for tat or anything, but at the end of the day, we're all individuals and we need to decide what's best for our body and listen to our body. And whenever you have questions, I'm so glad that you said, you know what, I'm not going to go that route because it did not make sense to you. So I feel like more people need to say to you know their medical provider, hey, I'm not comfortable with this for this reason or make it make sense to me because just because they're telling you something they're not the end all be all there are other things out there and once you already internalize that in your body there's no way that you could you know really get that out or the side effects from it so I'm glad that you use your wisdom your knowledge and your intelligence to say hard stop (laughs) like let me dial this back because how how many other women may have felt like you but they felt like there was no outlet and they yeah. felt like oh i need to do this because i really want a baby and i really want to provide that for my husband and build a family they may not have had the willpower to do what you did so kudos for you yeah and that's the thing is a lot of women don't know there's other ways of getting pregnant which is the natural way they both take the same amount of length depending on your body Like your body reacts to a certain way to any supplement or any medication. And it all depends what type of immune system or what, like what your body is built to do. So I was just like, you know what? I I sat down with my husband. I said, okay, I get it. You know, it would be a lot. It, It was, it was stressful from what I've heard from women. Like these women who went through the medicated way is they had to set aside three times a week to go in there, get checked out, get blood work done, you know, see the doctor, get an ultrasound done. Like it was just stressful. And I'm thinking, I don't think I can do that because most of these clinics don't open till eight o'clock and I work at six 30 in the morning and I'm not done till four. And do you think I want to be able to go to get some blood work done after a long day at work? 
I don't think so. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I have a podcast that I'm running. I have different other projects that are on the go. There's no way I can do that. Yes, there is a priority. You can set your priorities aside because people can say, well, you could have made time. Yes, but I just didn't want to. I just felt like that was even more stress on top of it. So I needed something that had the flexibility. I needed something. If, if, if some place was 24 hours, I, my bum would be there like at five in the morning and let's get this stuff done. But if it's not, then forget it. I'm more of the early bird to get the things done because I know my projects need the time in the evening. So after so much conversation and thought and research, I was, I told my chiropractor, so he owns the facility and I get chiropractic done. Also, I got done massages there. And I just, I love when people have these little offices and it's like a 10 in one. So if you have a 10 in one, you trust me, I will be taking care of your rent monthly because <laughs> it makes it easy for me. So I hate jumping question. around. <laughs> Yes, everything in one centralized place. I'm just like that. So that's why I'm like, woohoo. Did you try acupuncture during the um natural um the natural route? Because I heard that that also can help you um boost your fertility. Oh my gosh, I did. So I ended up finding my naturopath within that facility. He's like, I have a naturopath. Why don't you talk to her? You know, she's experienced with women with uh, who can't get pregnant and all that. Just give her a shout. And I was just like, oh my gosh, in the same facility. So I made an appointment. I saw her, I sat down and I said, listen, this is my situation. I did interview her and I asked her questions like how long she's been in the industry. What type of women does she specialize? Like what type of medicine she specializes in? What type of women she's dealt with? Like if it's just, you know, the normal then, you know, it's just to me, I don't feel confident. And if she's dealt more with people like me with PCOS. So she told me, you know, I've converted women who can not have children to natural births. And I'm thinking, okay, sign me up. What do we need to do? Cause this is convenient. And I would see, I would get a massage and then I would see her and then I would see the chiropractor. That's how it was. Cause it was just, it made my life easy. And that's what I like. And, you know, once we first started, she gave me like this thick, I think it was like 15 pages of like paperwork, like medical history. Yeah. It was big. It was like, it was unbelievable. She had wanted me to fill out any medical history, family, uh, generations, like who passed away with what she wants to know my mental health. How was I feeling? What type of work do I do? How long have I been worked there? Uh, did I feel stressed at any time? How do I deal with stress? Uh, you know, are you married? Are you single? Did you go through a divorce? Are you a widow? Like every single piece of information, you know, it was just, I really like that because then you're thinking, okay, this person's actually going to help me. Like, I'm not just doing it for the sake of doing it. Like the fact that she puts so much care into her packages, I'm just like, okay, let's do this. So there was a lot of mental health questions. There's a lot of, you know, physical health and also stuff that I like to do. Like if there was any hobbies, a lot of questions about my work and everything, like everything. So I filled it out. And at the time I wasn't working on the podcast. I was just working my one job and, you know, it, it was pretty straightforward to fill it out. There wasn't many things to do in the hobby section. So once I started to see her, I felt really comfortable. She says, you know what? Let's start with the problems that you have currently. So my crappy immune system that I had, because I used to get sick every single month, 
I have allergies that I suffer through from freaking February all the way to like November. <laughs> and I told her that I always get colds. I always get coughs. I never get the flu shot because to me, I felt like I just never did anything for me. And I also explained to her that uh, I didn't have a period, everything like I just told her and she wanted to know how you eat too on top of that. So I just said, whatever I can find in my area, that's what I eat. And I, I do have a nice uh, home cooked dinner, but lunchtime, I just take whatever I have. Um, so once I told her about that, we went into really focusing on the immune system because she says you need to build your body to be able to pretty much work what it needs to work at a hundred percent. So we did do the immune system building right off the bat because she says, if you, we, if we fix this and we fix the other problems, then everything else becomes easier for you, for your body. So, question so I said, really quick, yeah, go ahead. So whenever you were building the immune system, how exactly did she help you build your personal immune system? Was it vitamins, supplements, herbs? Like, what did that look like? Especially, and the reason why I'm asking that is um, if there's a lady listening right now that is going through this, I want to make sure that she has some stuff that she needs to build her immune system. Because then if we fix that problem, then that's just one check mark. Of course, there's more work that goes into it. So I just want to- put context around that. Yeah, no worries. So I was recommended a lot of supplementation, a lot. I felt like I was, but it was a good thing because you know, these supplements are hundred percent natural and she recommends the top ones and believe it or not, whatever you find at the pharmacy, she's told me, and a lot of people do the research from naturopaths that will publish this out on the website. And I've learned from previous before that anything that you see over the counter is not going to be hundred percent potent because they're so cheaply made that you pay for what you get. So if you're paying for a supplement that's $7 for vitamin C and you think you're getting the full dosage of a hundred IUs or whatever the, the little number is, um, you're not getting that hundred percent in there. So I had to do a lot of research too on top of that because you know, you spend all this money at your local pharmacy, getting all these over the counter stuff, and then you're not getting the full hundred percent, then what are you getting? So she recommended me the best of the best, which was MediHerb, uh, Thorn and um, uh, NFH. And these were like the hundred percent people who actually put in the research and give you the hundred percent potent. So your vitamin C supplements for them will be like 20, $30, depending on how much you need, obviously. But I felt comfortable. I felt like, yeah, you know what? Let me spend the money. It's my own personal health. It's hundred percent natural. So we went with deep immune stuff from St. Francis, uh, which really helps you build your immune system, but a very high contents of nutrients, which I don't even know the top of my head anymore because it's been so long, but I would take those three times a day. I had to take vitamin C. I had to take vitamin D because I was spending a lot of time indoors and outside. Um, I had to take this other. So every time I got sick, she says, let's stay away from the -the over-the-counter stuff. Let's go into like elderberry. Let's, uh, there was this like this horrible, nasty tinctures. Like I hated tinctures, but I had to like, I had to take them, but it was so disgusting. And it is natural. When you see the ingredients on the back, you're just like, oh, I had to find organic uh, chamomile because she says like, whatever you find at the store, it's, you know, there's other stuff involved to keep preservative and everything. And I'm just like, Oh, you know, like you're learning all these things and you're getting overwhelmed at the same time, but then you're like, okay, I got to do what I got to do. And I would 
hunt down an organic uh, tea store, not your David's tea, not your Tivana tea, none of those like what you see in the store. I had to go to like somebody who literally picks these herbs and dries them out and sells them because you know, like it's a hundred percent. So I had to find, and it was like inner in the inner city. And it's like, it was just too much, but I said, I have to do it. I kept saying in my mind, I have to do it. I have to do it. The doctor's telling me to do it. Cause I'm pretty sure if anybody went to a regular doctor and you had to do this, you would actually get it done. If you're prescribed to take two medications a day, you're going to do it. So I said, I need to get this done. So I had to do that for my immune system. And I do have a fatty liver as well. And I was prescribed supplements for my fatty liver. So there was more supplementations on top of that. Then I had supplements for my immune system. And then I had, was given, um, inositol for my PCOS, which helps give ovarian health and egg health, which is a powder, which is so popular. And I usually recommend, uh, to friends who are struggling. Cause I said, that's what they usually give me to kind of get things going. And they've seen results just by taking that powder. I said, everything else you gotta, you gotta find a doctor cause everybody's different. And she really, I was taking about 50 supplements, sometimes breakfast, lunch, and then dinner was very minimal. But I got to tell you, and I have to say this, I know it can be overwhelming, but within like the first three months, I felt such a change. I was just like, I know I'm still getting sick, but it's not as like two weeks I'm getting sick. I'm getting sick within just seven days. Like it it was just fantastic to see how your body was moving. But of course you need to implement the diet with it because the diet is what makes it a huge, uh, a huge impact as well into your body. So she did have a PCOS diet that we had to follow, but she wanted to see if I had any gluten sensitivities. So we kind of went like off like an empty slate, find out what your gluten sensitivities. I had to see a liver specialist in the meantime, who recommended me the low FODMAT diet. And she said, I actually recommend that too. So we're on the same page and we, we just did a lot of repair work and within all this repair work, I also did. So I did see her three times a week, so it, it can't be costly. And she was about $110 for the half hour. I think it was, I don't remember. And of course, prices have gone up everywhere since COVID. So you could imagine for the person who's going to do this now, you really have to think about it. But with my private insurance, uh, I was covered, I believe was like half the, well, only up to $40. That's what it was. Some people get up to 10% or it, cause naturopath has actually been implemented in these private insurances, but you're not getting much coverage. So hopefully I'm hoping that they actually change that. And some people don't get it. So I was very fortunate. Everyone was telling me like, oh my gosh, you're so lucky to get this cover through your private insurance. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I actually am. Right. Cause you start to think like they never had it. Yeah. And I think that I would interject since we're, since you're in Canada and I'm in the U S is here in the U S for, um, things that are not covered by insurance, you could um, elect for a FSA, which is a flexible savings account, or a HSA, health savings account. That way, your money is going over to that to that bucket, and it's um, not it's not taxed. And then you could use the money from that card to pay for things like the naturopathic and et cetera. That way, it's not directly coming out of your monthly um, expenses because you already set aside that funds. So that's also a another um, vehicle in a sense of a monetary way that you could use to cover for a natural um, 
homeopathic and naturopathic remedies and doctor's visits and et cetera, especially since things are costly, we have to think about what makes sense and what can we do to alleviate getting taxed up front, but we're also putting that money in another bucket. That way we could use that money to be conducive to our health. So I just wanted to chime that in to help the listeners and viewers, depending on where they're located. For sure. Yeah. And I found it was such a huge help, but also you're spending a lot of money. Like I spent in supplements because I was taking so much about between 300 to $500 a month. That's not covered through my private insurance. That's coming out of my own pocket. But then I thought about it. If I was going through the IVF way or vitro, whatever it is, I would be spending between 500 to a thousand dollars. So to me, it was just like, forget it. Let's just keep doing what we're doing. So seeing her three times a week, we would have, she was like my psychiatrist too on top of that. She was like my psychiatrist, my therapist, like the shoulder you cry on. Like she was just everything. And I, I, you know, God bless her. And I really thank her every single day because I'm just like completely amazed by what the work that we put in together because she helped me. And then I had to put in the work. This is not something where like the chiropractor tells me, you know, you come here and see me for 15 minutes, but you still have homework to do. Every time you keep coming, it's nice that you see me, you know, three times a week, but you know, you got to do the homework yourself to see those improvements. And I'm just like, Frank, I just come here to get this done because I don't have no time and I have unlimited visits through my private insurance. So I'm thinking, whatever, I'll come and see you for the next, you know, year, which ended up happening for a year, but I got my shoulder fixed. So I was just, I was just really focused. I was very positive minded. I was very focused. So we dealt with the immune system problem. We uh, were able to deal with my liver, which was a slow process because there was a lot of things and you really had to strict your diet a lot smaller. And it's just like, what kind of life is this? And you, you as a human, you want to have a poutine fries with gravy and cheese. You want to have a hamburger. You want to have like your ice cream. You want to have whatever. And you can't because, you know, you got this liver here telling you, cool. Like, are we functioning or are we not? Like, we're not doing anything that's going to help me. So that became complicated, but through the process was one, one day I would see her, we would literally sit and chat. We will chat about every single thing that bothers me. Then the second visit was we did some Chinese medicine and acupuncture. We did it twice a week because I was like, oh, I love it. You just lay on the table, get some needles in you and you just relax. She even had some meditating music and it was just phenomenal. When I got out of there, I was just like, oh my gosh, I felt like brand new. She really helped me a lot with the acupuncture. My body responded really well. Now, a lot of people don't respond with acupuncture. So keep that in mind. And it may take longer. For me, it was just like instant. I was just like, I felt like cooler because I'm very hot bodied. So she helped me with that. There was like a little pincher point that you put on top of your head for cool your body down. Uh, There was a lot of needles in my legs and around my stomach, my feet and my hands, because a lot of them were part of the, the hormones and the, to balance out your, in your hormones, there's one for periods. There's one for the liver. There was one for this. There was one for that. I had migraines and headaches. So she put that in there. Like she just loaded me up. And every single time I felt like I was getting improvements. Yes. It did last me like three days. The effect you don't expect it to last forever. It's just temporarily. And this is why a lot of people get acupuncture done regularly because it's just a short span of time that you feel that you feel the results. So doing that within three months of so much work and a lot of like 
you know, what am I going to do? Is this working? I'm, I'm, I'm spending the money. I'm seeing her three times a week. Plus I'm seeing a, a chiropractor because I, I had so many neck pains and everything. I noticed results. I ended up getting my first period. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm blown away. Like this is, it's working. It's working. I told my husband it's working. I got to continue. And she did tell you, she did tell me at the beginning, like, Hey, like not many women can achieve these results really fast. And she was kind of shocked by me because most, most of her clients, I guess, within the year end up getting results or even after two years, they get results. So it really depends how much work you put into it. And if you're hungry and you're starving and you want something, you got to put in the work. And that's what I did. So, and that's what um, I was going to say really quick, because you got results in three months, you started to see a change, but then look at all the things that you said that you were doing in order to get those results. You were going above and beyond. So um, there's no comparison between you and the other women, because it's about how much work are you putting in to see the results? And to your point, how hungry are you to achieve you know, getting your men your menstrual period back, or sorry, that didn't sound right. How how hungry are you to get your period back, to conceive, and to meet your goals? And if if you want to meet your goals, you have to set a date to it, and you have to put in the work because if not, then it's just a wish and all the things that you had to go through is just amazing, Angelica. And I want you to continue because I want to hear how long did it take you to actually conceive and birth your um, baby boy? Because three months, you already saw results. So this is amazing. Yeah. So once we were on a roll, so I believe it was in the new year. So I'm trying to figure out the years here. So after what, six months, we're into a new year. I started to notice I was like plateauing and I had to kind of figure out, okay, plateauing, meaning I say plateauing because uh, I stopped getting a period. And I was like, what is happening? I, I thought we were going so good. And she's like, are you stressed? And I said, I don't think so. She's like, are you stressed? And I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, what do you mean? Like, you're looking at me like I should know if I'm stressed out or not. She's like, there's three types of stresses. There's environmental which is the people around you, your household. There is work stress, the, obviously the work stress. And she says there was another stress. Um, I forgot what was it called, but there's a third one. And she, she really broke it down with me. And she's like, what's going on at work? So then I just like, I just let it out. This is what's happening. What's going on at home? I just let everything out. I said, this is what's happening. And she's like, are you, what are you, what are you doing? Are you, how, how are you handling it? And I'm just like, not really handling it. Cause now that I just let it all out, I didn't think I was actually going through it. And she says, your body goes through a lot of stress. And she's like, you need to learn how to control it. She's like, the one thing I need you to do and really think about is find a hobby. And I'm thinking, I need to find a hobby. Like who has time for hobbies? Cause I would see her three times a week. So this, it would be like this. It would, you know, get up for work at five o'clock, start work at six 30, finish work at four. You get home, you're pooped out. You're trying to figure out what you're going to make for dinner. 
then after there were some days when I don't make dinner is because I would see her and the chiropractor right after work. So by the time I got home, it was like seven o'clock from work and from the chiropractor and everything else and the massage. Cause trust me, I was, I was practically living there. I should have just gotten a part-time job there, you know, cause it was three times a week and sometimes on Saturdays. So it was just a lot. And I was there all the time because I was so used to creating this routine of working until, sorry, yeah, it was four o'clock. And then you're stuck in Toronto traffic for half an hour, get there. Your, your, my appointment was at five, be done with the first appointment, get into the second one. Cause usually it's the one hour massage. And then I would see her. So by the time everything was done and I got home, I'm pooped out and I'm thinking, how am I going to have a hobby? And every Saturday I would see my parents. So it was like, you know, you would go out, I would go out. We would just do road trips. And especially at the time before COVID, we were going almost everywhere. I even, we even went on a vacation to Florida to see my family because I was dying to. And I said, we're going to rent a car. We're going to do this. We're going to do that because I want to go on vacation. Wait, sorry. Before you, so you drove from Canada to Florida? No, I didn't. I would never do that. It's just when we got to the airport, we said we're renting a car because we were so used to borrowing my cousin's car. It was just like, I drop you off at work and then I'll come pick you up. But this time we're like, no, let's just get our own vehicle. Let's not bother anybody this time. If it was me by myself, yeah, I would say, hey, I'll just drop you off at work and pick you up. But since there's like my parents too, we decided to just rent a car and really have a good time. I could say that was like one of the best trips I've ever had with my parents. Like it was not going to Cuba or Jamaica or Dominican with them. It was more Florida because, you know, Florida is so close to our heart. We always used to go there as kids and it's nice to just go out there. And it's like my second home. It was to me to get away. If they asked me, you need to go on vacation by yourself. I'm going to Florida. It doesn't matter where Florida is like the place that I want to be all the time. So, oh, nice. Sorry. I digress. I just wanted to make sure I was like, wait, she drove from Canada. <laughs> oh gosh. No, I would never do that. That's like 24 hours. And it's just like, my dad did it when we were kids, but I'm like, did you stop anywhere? He's like, yeah, on the street, we, I would sleep for three hours and continue on. I'm like, no, I can't. <laughs> okay. Sorry. So back up on the hump people. Um, so Angelica's doing all this amazing stuff. She's getting massages. She's getting um, acupuncture. She's going to her natural um, homeopathic, naturopathic doctor. And that doctor is like a therapist. And they really begin to fond, um, fond a bond. And just all these incredible things are happening in her journey. But she's also putting in the work. And then she's also changing what is going on in her background, which is also changing, um, changing her lifestyle. Because whenever you begin to go through certain things, you can't think of it as a diet. You can't think of it about this or that. It's a lifestyle change. So you have to put in the work in order to see results. And she has seen those results, y'all. And whenever you'll hear how she did all this stuff and it paid off because she has a beautiful baby boy now. And the biggest thing is finding the hobby. And I, you know, it's interesting because I used to draw, I used to, well, I used to mainly draw and sketch and I stopped doing that after probably high school and then college, I used to do a little bit here and there. Um, but it's just, what do I do? She's like, you got to find something. And it's like, what, what do I find? So as I was thinking, I was like, okay, I wanted to become a speaker and advocate for the learning disability association. Cause I am dyslexic. 
And I figured, okay, how do I do that? And then maybe that could be my hobby. Cause you know, I'm trying to like come up with ideas. My mind's rolling. And then I'm thinking, how am I supposed to get to these places and speak? Like, I'm trying to think of it, how logistically this is going to work, knowing that I had barely had any time to breathe in one day because I'm stuck doing all these things. And I was like, oh my gosh, I should start a podcast. So this is how the podcast came about. And oh my gosh, <laughs> I was like, how do I start one? I didn't even do all, none of the research. I really didn't look into it. I was just like, hey, what equipment do I need? Okay, I just could use my phone. What app do I use? What hosting company? So I found Anchor and I just started recording. So on February 14th, of 2019 was the very first episode I released. I loved reality TV. And then I started to kind of branch out to interviewing guests because I wanted to hear their ups and downs of their journeys to success, meet new people, get myself involved more, push myself out there and build that confidence and get out of my comfort zone because I was a shy person. And with somebody with a learning disability, and who is dyslexic, you're very shy. You're very like your, your self-esteem and confidence really just is so low that, you know, you, you become scared and afraid to do things because you're always thinking in the back of your head, because am I able to do this because of my dyslexia? Like, that's what you're always thinking about. A question so, really yes. quick. So whenever you're saying that you were shy, you're an introvert, and you're always thinking about these things in the back of the head, like, I want you to tell people how you overcame that because sometimes we can be ourselves biggest critics and we could be the one holding ourselves back because we're feeding ourselves all this stuff in our head and then we don't even realize how this is affecting us not just internally but externally and you overcame that and your podcast is amazing you do some great promos <laughs> and etc so I'm so glad that you tapped into podcasting and you found this as your hobby because that is how you and I met and it has been just such a beautiful journey connecting with you and hearing about your story and really getting you to just open up and share your truths, be vulnerable and help so many people because you are helping a lot of people by talking about your journey with PCOS. You're helping a lot of people by allowing them to come on your platform if they're a good fit for you and your audience and just all of this stuff that you're doing. And I would, I hate when people say, oh, I have this disability, so I can't do that because your disability can very well be your superpower. If you exactly, no, exactly. And, you know, growing up with parents who's always supported me and always pushed me to my limits and said, just get out there, take risks and just take on opportunities and see if you like them or not. So since I've done so much in my past, and gone to different positions that I never thought I would, then it gives you the courage to keep going. But also you still suffer through like the other part of yourself, which is being shy. I wouldn't talk to strangers. Like even if I was in line at a coffee shop and, you know, someone behind me wants to have a conversation or in front of me, trust me, I would not give them much conversation. I wasn't that social butterfly. And, you know, it really bothered me because you always have this fear, even through your work, you always have this fear of like failing because, of your learning disability and you work differently. You work a lot slower, even though it can be a fast paced environment. Like in retail, I excelled so well. I was in there for 18 years. I excelled so well. I did different positions. I even took on management roles and I excelled in it because it's hands-on. There's not, it's not like me writing uh, something or creating a system, you know, it's different. It's retail, it's hands-on. 
But now in this industry that I am in construction, yes, it's fast paced, but it's a little bit different. But I've gone to pick up different types of resources and my team has helped me so much to get to where I need to be. And I'm excited to what's next in the coming future. So when you're suffering through that, it really puts a damper on you and you really want to make that improvement. So with the podcast, I said, okay, if this is going to be the hobby, that's going to help me to love myself because we had to go into with the with the thing of loving yourself and being happy with yourself and finding that happiness within yourself that was recommended by the naturopath. Okay. So what do I do next? So is this the hobby that I'm going to take on? Is this the hobby that I am going to, to do? So once I gathered all my little information, I started recording, I put my first episode out. I said, okay, let's let, I got so addicted. I got so addicted. I, I did my first episode. I said, I'm going to do once a week, uh, sorry, once a week. And then I will try to see how that goes. And then I just, I, I don't know. I just, I was on this runner's high and I remember that runner's high that you just want to keep recording. It's probably the same thing with you, where when you started your podcast, you're like, oh my God, that was fantastic. Let me just keep going, keep going, keep going. So I felt like there was a new change in me. I had to like really, um, just keep going. I had to just, you know, take this hobby. How do I put it in my schedule? I started learning more about podcasting. Um, it, it was just like, oh my gosh, like this changed my, my life. It changed my world. And I was just like, oh my gosh, you know, what else can come with podcasting? I kept thinking like the bigger picture of it. I kind of got lost into it because then I started recording, um, five episodes a week. I went on a full-time schedule. I started interviewing guests. Um, the first time I put out, um, my, you know, looking for guests, I got like 30 people, which was okay. And then I went on to different platforms and then, you know, let me just submit my podcast here and there. We'll see how this goes. I ended up getting like 150 people requesting to be on the show. And it's just, it just grew from there and seeing the naturopath, I ended up cutting down to like once a week, but with everything that you do, just make sure that you do it for yourself and make sure it makes you happy because a lot of things that you do with your naturopath, all the recommendations, it affects different people. And obviously, sorry, it affects different people and you, our bodies work differently. We need to make sure the stuff that we're doing, it makes us happy as well. And if you're not happy doing whatever treatments, you need to speak up about it or you need to figure out what you need to do next. So finding this hobby, I think this was the final piece of the puzzle. And that's where I was like, oh my gosh, like, I, I don't know what's happening. My body started changing. I started becoming more happy with myself. I started enjoying everything that I was doing, meeting these people. But then you forget about your other family. You had this podcast family, have this network of people that you forget about your other family. And that's where I kind of suffered a little bit. And that's where the other stress was happening. So every time I would see her, I'd be like, oh my God, yeah, I found this hobby. This is great. But I was very shy to share about this hobby that I had about podcasting. And then she would be like, why are you so sleepy? What's going on? Because I would interview like five, 10 people like within the week. And I was just, you know, you're short on time in the evening. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm running out of time in the day, but I love doing podcasting. My body's becoming like, you know, it's working again. It's, it felt like I found that missing piece of the puzzle. Like I mentioned, 
but then you forget about your other half which we are married obviously and at the time when I started we were married and you forget about everybody else you're just in this podcasting in podcasting mode so oh my gosh I was just like what do I do now and then you have to learn how to break your schedule up between your podcasting and your family and that was really, really tough to do because you were so addicted. But after seeing these results and, you know, going through the whole process with her and finding new things as you improve, the naturopath is there to help you to see, okay, what else do we need to do? Or how do we keep it going? How do we coast? And I think it was about a year and a half into it. I was just like, I, was, I wasn't really thinking about getting pregnant because I completely forgot about it. Cause you're on this high with your podcast and I was busy coming up with different things. You know, I had so many ideas, I have different projects and I was really busy and I had to have this conversation with my husband because, you know, as the year goes by, you get older and he is seven years or eight years older than me. And I always have to think about, yes, of think about that. Oh, so, wow. That's yeah. like divine because my husband and I are eight years apart. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no worries. So you're thinking, you know, you're still young. You can go up to probably what, 35 to have children, maybe 37, depending. Uh, but your husband, as he gets older, he, he's really getting older, right? So I had to have that conversation, which was really tough because you really want to make sure that the other person's happy. And that tough conversation, even with podcasting, and I'm happy and I'm, I'm on this groove. I'm on this completely different high. I'm like, I'm doing my own thing. Right. Um, so I had to sit down because he kept asking me questions. Um, how's this going? How's this treatment going? I said, you know, it's going great. It's just these little things. It does take a while. And I kept telling him like, you know, it does, it's a natural path. It's a natural way. Like it does take time. It's like, you can't expect to have results within three years. You can't expect to have results in within two years. You can't expect to have results in three months. It's a long process. Your body needs to learn how to like receive all these nutrients and build up this immune system and everything. And I, even though I had a fatty liver, it's like, I was even in the hospital, which I forgot to mention that within the year. So it's like, what do you, you need to understand that everything takes time. Even if we did the medicated way, it's not going to take three months to have a child. It can take up to five years. It can take up to 10 years. You just don't know. So I had to have that serious conversation, which is really hard for me to talk about because, you know, it was, it was hard. I had to sit down and kind of just say, all right, so this is a deal. It's going to take a while. Where do you see yourself? It may take me five years to get pregnant. It may take me 10 years to get pregnant. It may take me like 12 years to get pregnant. But are you willing to wait? And if you're not going to wait for me, I could give you the way out. Because unfortunately, it's really hard when women are going through these processes and then you have your spouse cheering you on. But then after you're not, he's not seeing the results, like the way he thinks it should go, because it's not the way it is. And you have to constantly explain to them, like, this is what happens this is how it goes. Just keep them. You have to keep reminding them. And it was really hard because I never thought I would be saying like, 
I'm giving you the option to leave because I can't give you what you want right now. But that's real that you that you had that conversation because sometimes people have these, you know, they have these thoughts in their head and the other spouse has their thoughts in their head and they never have that come to Jesus moment or come to the universe or come to the table moment. And then there is, you know, unspoken things which can over time build up resentment and et cetera. So the fact that you explained it to him and you had that hard conversation, then that cleared up the air because it can put a lot of pressure on a marriage if one spouse is feeling another way versus the other spouse and etc and especially with you being a woman who is supposed to do certain things and your body is not allowing you then it does you know begin to affect you too with all the things that you have going on and etc because you have so many things you work you're a wife you're a daughter you're a podcaster. You have so many different hats that you're wearing, plus on top of trying to build a family and give your husband what he needs. But then he also has to remember that there are certain things that you have to go through in order to provide for him. And that's where the communication is key there. So um, thank you for dialing that in. And then I know uh, we're, we're going to wind down the conversation. So I definitely want you, Angelica, to say after you had that conversation with your husband and you explained it, from your point of view and told him it's going to take time. So you offered him, okay, it's going to, um, it may take this amount of time or not. I'm not really sure since it's the natural way, but here's your way out. How did that change the trajectory of his thinking? And then from that conversation, how long was it before you conceived your baby boy? And then just close us out to the success of getting pregnant, having your baby boy, and then any final thoughts. Yeah, for sure. So I, now that it's coming back to me, I think it was in two, two years, two and a half years into treatments, we were having this conversation. It wasn't a year in, it was two and a half years in, and, you know, it was hard on that. It was really hard that time because it was like in October, November. Oh my gosh. It was literally like last year. And, um, we had this conversation and I'm smiling because the outcome after that was just crazy. So <laughs> to like literally last year, having this conversation, sitting down and a lot of, th- I feel like also to, um, depending on the type of man, and I hate to say it this way, they don't understand that like the, there's women nowadays in this generation who want to do more than one thing. Like he thought I would just stick to one job and just stick with that one job. No, I'm not that person. If I'm trying to excel and exceed in different ways, and then if I know I can be financially independent even more, then I'm going to find those other things. So I'm that person. And I feel like it's hard for a lot of men to have that woman who's kind of trying to get themselves up there. And then they're afraid when they're up to par sometimes, I feel like, they feel pressured that they need to do more for themselves as well. And there's nothing wrong with a woman trying to do more than 10 things. And I feel like women should just do what they want, how they wanted to as well. I'm encouraging women to do, if you want to do three jobs, go ahead and do three jobs. Like whatever it is that you want to do, just do it. And I feel like men just need to be supportive. They need to get off of that, you know, that column of wanting to, I'm the one that needs to bring home the money. I'm the one that needs to be high up there. No, we have to be at par at some point. Like it can't just be the woman always in second place here. No, we're both up there together. And that's how it should be all the time. 
So having that conversation, he says, no, I want to be with you. I married you for a reason. We've been together for, I think at the time was like eight, seven years. And we were married for like, I think it was like three years at that time. And I was just like, okay, so then, all right. So you need to understand that this is going to take a while. And at some point, everyone's going to have this conversation eventually, if it's your first child and you have that, that age gap, right? Once that we cleared it out and he understood, okay, it's going to take a while because I even said, I brought up different examples of different women who even done the medicated way and took them 10 years to have a child, took them five years to have a child. Like, you know, we have to try this. It's just, I have to do this for myself and this is what I want to do. And it's going to take the time. Two months later, it's Christmas of what, 2019. Um, did we even go through this? Yeah, we were going through kind of like pre-COVID. We were learning about COVID. It came from bats. It came from a soup. It came from a tree, whatever it was. So once we were going through that Christmas and trying to like, oh, what's this, you know, coronavirus situation? Um, I felt very stressed during Christmas too, because, you know, work was getting stressful for me and I was trying to figure out how to navigate. And, you know, I just needed that time off. I, you know, and plus winter here in Canada, as much as I love it, it can be, uh, can put you in a downer. This is why I get out more into the winter time to kind of balance out my hormones and be a lot more happier this way. And I feel like once I'm out in the winter time and, you know, getting in that fresh air, I feel so much good about so much better about myself. So getting into Christmas, going into the new year, you know, everyone sets new goals of like, I got to lose weight every time, but you know, it never works out and you never get to it. Or I'm going to start something new again. It's one of those hobbies that some people don't even start or start and then they forget about it. And I wasn't feeling well in January. I didn't have a period. So I got really worried. And I said, you know what? It's because December was stressful because my naturopath said, if you lose a period, it's because you've been really stressed. So once I, once I, um, you know, I let it go, I felt really bloated. I'm just like, what's going on? So I'm chugging down these fiber pills because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm bloated. I'm making dinner that one night. And my husband's like, are you sure you're not pregnant? And I'm thinking, no, are you kidding me? I'm not pregnant. Like, you know, this has been a long process. Like, obviously I'm not going to get pregnant right away. So that later that night, because I wasn't feeling well, I felt really nauseous when I made something for dinner. And the next day I was like, oh my gosh, what was if I am pregnant? I'm thinking in my bed, like, what was if I'm pregnant? So I got up really early, went to get our best breakfast. I went to pass by the pharmacy because normally when you have PCOS, you always have like a stash pile of, uh, you know, pregnancy tests. And I took the one that I had, but I had to take another one because I, I need to be convinced, like I need to be convinced. So I brought it home. I did it, gave him the breakfast and, you know, kind of just pretend like I'm, you know, hard times in the bathroom because he was wondering why I was taking so long. I go into, I, I waited because, you know, those whatever 30 seconds or a minute is like dreadful. And I found out I was pregnant. I was in complete shock. So I was crying. I was bawling out my eyes out. And I was just like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. We just had a freaking conversation of possibly splitting up. <laughs> and then all of a sudden we're pregnant. I'm just like, how does, like, this is, the universe is crazy. I'm telling you, whatever faith you believe in, it's just like, wow, like this is happening. We literally had a hardcore conversation of potentially splitting up and parting our separate ways. And all of a sudden, like this is happening. That is I'm amazing. Pregnant. 
Because that's how it works. Sometimes you have to have those hard, hard conversations. And then after you get that off your, your chest, you're releasing that stress and that baggage and burden is lifted. And then something beautiful comes in and enter it enters in and you're like this is so freaking weird and I'm like seriously like and you look up or whatever and you're like wow wow so you found out that you that you were pregnant so total and total time that it took to get pregnant after doing all this work how much time was that for you Angelica two and a half years to be exact Two and a half years and you put in the work, you change your lifestyle, you change your diet, you put in a good nutrients, good food, you had your mental clarity, your physical clarity, your emotional clarity, you were uh, mindful of environmental factors and etc. And then you had those hard conversations whenever you needed to have it. And then here we are now, um, two and a half years later, you get pregnant, you have a beautiful baby boy. And I want you to say, how do you feel right now? And then give the listeners and viewers one or two gems and then close us out by telling us fully who you are, how they could get plugged in and follow you on this amazing journey. And congratulations to being a mommy. Being a mom is uh, a, a wonderful journey. I'm so blessed. I, I thank the universe every single day because like, you know, it's, it took a long time. It took a long time and I didn't expect it to happen. And here we are. I'm tired as hell. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm trying to balance up podcasting with a full-time schedule and a newborn, which is really difficult, but overall it, it's a blessing. I want to say just, you know, keep believing yourself, have that positive mindset. And also I, the missing piece of this puzzle for me that worked was finding that hobby and learning to love yourself and, you know, really enjoying the person who you are, because that takes a huge effect when it comes to your emotional stress. So you really need to put those factors into place of having a clear clarity in mind. Um, but just keep on going, keep positive. I never in my life through this whole journey thought anything negative. I've never said, I'm not going to get pregnant. I'm never going to get pregnant. This is not going to happen. Even I was called as a high risk pregnancy and potentially having a miscarriage. I never thought of saying miscarriage. I've always said a different word. Like you, if you put those words and affirmations, cause once you say things like that negatively, it will happen. And it does happen. So I've been told, I've been, you know, really taught myself to say, this is going to work out. This is going to happen. Because if you keep saying the negative, it will happen. And someone told me that it was, uh, I forgot who it was, but she says, if you keep saying that this word miscarriage and you keep thinking about it, it will happen. And you'll be, you'll be surprised how much your mind can really put that into perspective in real life. So she's like, you need to change the narrative and be positive. So that's what I really taken on to this two and a half years. And during my pregnancy is being positive. I never thought of having a miscarriage. I never said the word miscarriage. I just said, I'm going to go on with my life, enjoy the little journey that I have and enjoy being pregnant. And that's what happened. Thank God I had an easy pregnancy. I really enjoyed it. I didn't have anything like they would say for women with PCOS is because I changed my narrative. So a lot of people need to change their narrative of things in order to make it happen. It's not just in pregnancy, but in life, you need to be positive. If you're not positive, you're always thinking, what if, and what if you're never going to get anywhere and not going to accomplish anything at the end of the day, you can find me at a little bit of everything with me on Instagram. 
Um, there is a website, which is www.everythingwithange.com. You can find me everything, like all my information is in that website. So, you know, I hope really people just the whole thing of this that I've learned, the missing puzzles, learning to love yourself, be happy with yourself, find something that makes you happy, like not with your partner, not with your friends. It's what makes you happy and also change the narrative. Don't think of the negatives. You know how many people I've seen on these Facebook pages, especially for women PCOS, that they're exhausted, that they're tired, nothing's working out for them. You know, I'm scared, I'm this, I'm that. You need to change the narrative. The more you read people's stories about what they're going through, I trust me, it hurts my heart, but you need to change the narrative in order to make things work. So think positive, stop thinking negative. Amazing, and that's, Amazing, Angelica, and I'm so glad that you got the results that you anticipated and it came as a surprise and a shock to you, but you put in the work and thank you so much for sharing your journey with PCOS and all the incredible insights that you had surrounding it. You gave some really good tips, tools, and tricks, and you gave us some good lessons to be mindful of as well as aware of in general. And to all you ladies out there, never give up on yourself, put in the work. And once you put in the work, you're going to see that the results are going to come, but take actions today to secure a better future. And remember to stay in a positive mindset. And one thing that you could think about is NLP, which is neuro linguistics practice, and ask yourself, what type of things are you feeding into your mind, your body, and your soul, and then allow that to curate the space around you. So do the internal work to see the external factors come into play. And until we chat next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, my podcast, as well as Angelica's podcast. Share this segment with somebody else. And remember that you are a masterpiece. You are here for a reason and there is purpose inside of you. So don't sleep on your gifts, your talents, and your dreams because your destiny assignment and calling is right around the corner. Until we chat, have a good day. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.